Hello, and welcome to Funny Stuff, a comedy podcast about comedy. My name is Griffin, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, co-host, and partner in stupidity, Holden. Hello. Uh, this week, we're looking at Jenny Slate's Stage Fright, which is available on Netflix, so if you want to ch- pause this and check that out, uh, form your own opinion before you listen to us a few hours. Uh, but first, Holden, what is your latest hyperfixation? So, it's it's been it's been a funny one. Um, I've genuinely been, like, kind of obsessed with fucking Elvis. Elvis Presley. I you you have mentioned this to me before. You said that you saw the Elvis movie. I did, and, and it gave you, know you a, what? It, gave you an appreciation for Elvis. It, yeah, it was really good. Austin Butler did a really good job. They were gonna cast. They were they had a few different people in line to be uh, cast for Elvis. Like Miles Teller and Harry Styles were both up for the role. And like mm. honestly, dude, like a lot of the ads and posters like made uh, Austin Butler's face look weird when he was Elvis. But, uh, dude, in that movie, like, he really looks like he is the closest looking human being to Elvis Presley that there really is in the world mm. right now. I don't think I like the idea of Harry Styles playing Elvis. Yeah, that's it just not, sounds bad. That's not uh, a dig on Harry Styles. I have no opinions on his music. I have no opinions on him as a person. I just, he's not really in my kind of wheelhouse of, of knowledge. He's fine or yeah. whatever. Um, I don't like... He he's, he doesn't look like Elvis at all. Same with Miles Teller. I actually really fucking love Miles. Teller, he's um, Neiman in Whiplash. Yes, he, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, he's also in Top Gun Maverick, and he does fine in that as well. Um, but I actually really like Miles Teller. I think he's a really good actor. Um, he is so not right for the role of Elvis. But I've been listening to more elvis and like i'm seeing like there's like definitely the different stuff and like i know elvis is like i was talking about him with with some of my coworkers. we were talking about how like you know the main thing that a lot of people will hate on elvis for and it's a valid criticism of him um is that he stole a lot of music and and thing he stole a lot of shit from black artists and never really gave them credit and the movie kind of does their best to they could have done better but the movie does kind of not rectify that, but does throw the recognition out it, there to black artists. Yeah, like we see Elvis like going around, and they also say like the quiet part out loud to mm-hmm. quote a friend. The reason Elvis got so popular back in the fifties was because he was a white man singing black songs. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it would have been nice if Elvis was like, "Hey, just so you all know, these are the artists that I got most of my shit from." Yeah, but like, and gave them more recognition. But like. Everyone was even more racist back then than they were than they are now. Yeah, so like, which is saying something. Yeah, I was also saying that uh, like music today would really not be the way it is without Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like the Beatles are like the most influential band like ever, but Elvis is like the most influential. Like Elvis was like like the story of Elvis is like the story of a rock star. Mm-hmm. Like whether he was the first rock star or not is really not a th- you know that's not super. A thing but like he had that rock star lifestyle of just like you know the money and the cars and the possessions and the doing whatever the fuck he felt like and the and drugs the, and the drugs and the jumpsuits and the fucking <laughs> you know all that stuff i don't know i just you know i'm enjoying elvis and like it honestly like i like playing music in general um 
and I have always had like that kind of want in the back of my head of like I really want to play as many musical instruments as I can, mm-hmm. but never had that like kind of want, not want, um, drive to, I guess. But honestly, watching Elvis, like it makes me want to pick up a guitar so fucking badly, <laughs> and it's like to the point where I was like, fuck it, why not? I'll take like some free lessons on the internet. I'll buy like maybe a hundred fifty dollar fucking acoustic, and like I want to play like a different type of music too on guitar. Like I would primarily want to play like kind of bluesy, kind of older right. kind of stuff. Focus is more of a metal and I guess technically alternative folk drummer. Well, the drumming that I like to do is metal drumming, so I really fuse that into what I already play. And what we play is. Alternative. Alternative alternative folk. Yeah. Because all, all the songs we do are renditions of, at least in, in some way, of folk songs. I just have, I have one completely unrelated question. Or two, really. Did you, see, did you see Top Gun Maverick? I did. Is it as gay as the original Top Gun? It is not. It is not as, there's not as much homoeroticism? You know what it really is? It's very much uh, the vibe between Miles Teller, because Miles Teller plays Goose, plays goose's son uh-huh and goose was the dude who like was one of the dudes that was very gay with tom cruise so it very much was like you know i you like t- it very much was like your biological father was a huge huge flaming homosexual and he used to hook up with me it's like i'm like kind of your other dad but like i wasn't really around like that it, the vibes that are coming off of like <laughs> Tom Cruise and Miles Teller is very much like they're definitely intentionally it is intentionally um father son father son but it it comes off more as like this is like I am also your dad yeah I'm also, I'm your, also dad. your biological I'm, yeah. father there was some mpreg going on around oh, here oh god <laughs> I quit anyway on that note uh how about some context on this special Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so Jenny Slate is, uh, she's an American actress, writer, producer, and comedian. Uh, she's been active in the public eye since 2005. Uh, this is her first and as of right now only uh, stand-up special. It is also part like partly a stand-up special and the other part a uh, documentary about her kind of dealing with her divorce which was recent at the time of that um and also dealing with her very intense stage fright hence the name stage fright but she has been very active uh she does a lot of reoccurring characters on on like tv shows she was ben schwartz's sister on parks and rec and she was like the worst human being ever um she's tammy on bob's burgers who is also just the worst Um, and I just found out that she wrote the children's book, Marcel, the shell with shoes on, which now has a movie. So she like co-created and and wrote those books and also is like a producer on the movie. Like did not know that she was connected with that in any way, shape or form, but like, don't really know what Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Dude, honestly, look up a trailer. It looks so fucking cute because it's literally just like a little, he's just a little shell who has shoes on and he's talking about a shell community and, but it's ju- usually a community of shells is like 20 shells and more, but it's just him and his grandma. And he, but he lives in this dude's house. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like a mockumentary. Okay. And it just looks so fucking cute. Like just literally. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, our dear listeners, please look up when you get a chance, look up a trailer for this movie. It looks so fucking cute. 
I've heard nothing but good things about it. And of course, my awful, terrible dog shit theater that still has Top Gun Maverick, and we probably aren't getting rid of it until the end of September, doesn't have Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Tangent over. Uh, anyway, this was a very interesting special because Jenny Slate is a very unique, she has a very unique sense of humor and a very unique, delivery is not the word I'm looking for. Cadence? Cadence, like, I don't know, a, a unique outlook. Like, she's very silly. Yeah, she's very silly. There's, there, I have, I think that's part of it, that, like, she is just unabashedly very silly, and she just has, like, an, oh, oh she's, like, has a weird way of looking at the world. Like, kind of like, um, like, oh, oh, she, she, she reminds me a bit of Chris Fleming in that, like, she's not maybe the funniest comedian, but she's an incredibly funny person who just has a very interesting outlook on the world and yeah. is describing her life in a very amusing way. Yeah, I, I definitely see that as well. Yeah, some of her humor is, is very much like kind of that like OMG so random, mm -hmm. but it's like controlled yeah it's also like just better than like yeah like your fucking you know it has that early that, tooth your mid-2000s shane dawson it like, has that, i did blackface type <laughs> shit like it's got some like decorum to it almost yeah it has that vibe of like kind of you know it, it, she really is a master of like you don't know what she's gonna say next you don't know what she's gonna talk about but like there's still that structure like there are still clear defined bits with setups and punchlines yeah yeah so like it is kind of that it's like that fully realized or someone like actually turned that into good stand-up comedy because this is a good and very interesting special yeah i mean like she's definitely another person who is like like yeah she has chops as like a comedy writer because mm -hmm. i think she wrote for big mouth and she's been writing for like other comedy shows and stuff she was in big mouth i think her character was like missy or something you know that show makes me uncomfortable i get what they're doing but i just feel like i i literally <laughs> i was like a little too old like i was like 17 when that show came out mm -hmm. and i was like already like kind of done with the whole puberty thing <laughs> i was like in the cool part of it where like i started to feel better about myself right so I was like, yeah, I can like, it was like, but those same feelings were like recent enough that I was able to like understand what the writing was and shit. Mm -hmm. But I can remember like season four was just like announced, not like recently, like in this story, but I can remember seeing like, oh, season four coming soon. And I was like, oh yeah, I've never, I never really watched season three. I kind of just forgot it was a thing. I remember liking the other seasons. Why did I stop watching the show? And then I... Literally was like, all right, well, I'm kind of tired. I'll just watch like an episode or two before bed. And I can remember being in my bed watching like the first episode of season three of Big Mouth and being like, oh, this is why I stopped watching it because it <laughs> makes me feel like a fucking pervert. Um, so I stopped watching the show. But I, I think that like the, I, I know I compared her to Chris Fleming, but like she really is unique. She really has a very unique voice and a unique way of going about it it's like and she's also so so very genuine and so very earnest yeah and like you know the documentary we do get it's it's very interesting that she did this kind of documentary style mixed in with her stand-up because it like really provides context as to who she is and why she is this way yeah i was actually kind of shocked when she said that she was divorced like i don't know why that was like oh wow that's I did not. Ex I didn't expect I know, that. Kind of like I. I feel like it. Kind of like was. I expected a bit you of a to be there. like. I expected you to be like terminally single or 
happily married. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Jenny Slate does kind of give off that vibe. I guess it's probably because in that special she is like like part of what she talks about it, towards the end of the comedy section is like talking about being divorced and how like she's the only one in her family that's divorced. Yeah, and like that feeling of being like lonely and single and like it's very clear that she's still like processing that throughout the fucking rest of her like it's very clear throughout that the whole viewing that she is very clearly like going through that Mm -hmm. so like the vibes from that definitely feel like oh yeah it kind of makes sense that like not makes sense that you're divorced but like you just seem like the type of person who would be single all the time because you're just kind of a kook yeah and like a lot and like part of that goes hand in hand with like all the self-deprecating humor yeah which she's i don't even actually know i don't think self-deprecating is the right word i think it's really that she I don't know. She's like, I know I'm weird. This is how I look at the world. Come join me. Like, I know I have, I know I have some, I, I was a weird kid. I'm a weird adult. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's unpack that. Yeah. She is very much like, I was weird. I, I used to be weird. I still am, but I used to too. <laughs> like that is very much the vibe that Jenny Slate gives off is just like, come be weird and come, come watch me be a fucking psychopath for 30 minutes. You know, there it's that. Um, And there's very much a, uh, what's what I'm looking for? sincerity yes an incredible sincerity and it's like there there's something that I've, I've like learned in my in my uh years of acting training and years of like uh and some some improv classes that i've taken that you know a lot of stand-ups their goal isn't when they go out on stage their goal isn't necessarily to make people laugh their goal is to form that form a connection yeah and through that connection you can make yeah, someone can. laugh or think or even fucking cry if you're adam sandler or all three <laughs> and fucking i don't know that that sense of connection was just like really there with her like she was really like mm-hmm. letting you into her mind and letting you into her uh well yeah when when she comes out on stage she's like very excited and like the i don't know what the song is off the top of my head but the song is playing it's very clearly a song that she really likes and she's like so excited to see everyone like it really looks like she's waving to every single person individually in this room and like she's like jumping around like hello 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 and then like takes a second to like just wait for the nice part she's just like hold on one second and like dances along to like the kind of like the beat drop almost of the song yeah so it, it is she just definitely has like a very much a genuine it's what a weird person does when they it, it looks like a weird person who's like been afraid to really let everyone see the other side of them, the not just weird, like the really sweet and kind side of them. And it really just feels like someone just letting all that out. And like she even says something about how like stand up comedy is all about exaggeration. I believe every fucking word she says. Like I believe that I believe fucking every word that came out of her mouth, no matter how ridiculous, is. I'm like, yeah, no, this is absolutely the type of person who thinks like this and, yeah. like, would find this funny or would say this because they think it's funny. Like, she was incredibly genuine up on stage. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, I don't want to say it was refreshing, but, like, I don't know. It was, it was very it was nice. It was very nice, very pleasant. And I, I really liked this special, actually. I didn't, I didn't laugh a whole whole lot i had a couple of big uh belly laughs in there yeah but like this was i don't even know if i can say like i watched this and i was entertained the entire time i was just like intrigued and i just like was captivated captivated is a very good word for it yeah honestly i I, like i said it's so this is less of like a stand-up special it is like an hour it's like an hour 10 it's a weird almost one woman show in a sense kind of well it goes back and forth yeah between about like what is probably about like a 30 to 45 minute set of comedy that she does 
and a documentary. So like it starts with her talking, you know, doing the stand up thing. Mm-hmm. That was the weirdest way I could have said that. <laughs> doing the stand-up you know, thing. you know when they talk into the microphone and they and they say the funnies. Yeah, they do. They do it when they're standing instead of us. We do it when we're sitting. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say that. Oh my god, cutting edge commentary. Anyway, um, but I guess you could say we're doing. Don't you dare. We're doing. We're doing sit down comedy. I'm going to beat you to death with this <laughs> microphone, and I'm going to leave it into the episode. I couldn't help so, myself. You saw me struggle against it. I couldn't help myself. All, all you guys are just, everyone, you're just going to hear, but way more intense. <laughs> but the documentary part, like, so she does, like, her first five minutes, and then it cuts, and it goes to, like, the documentarians setting up uh the cameras and the mics with her parents and then her one grandma and her other grandma and um we get introduced to her sisters and they see we see the child at home there's just like a lot of of stuff that's going on and it just keeps cutting back and forth between comedy and her life and there's that that one really interesting bit i i hesitate to call it introspection because introspection has a very specific vibe and like you do and i feel like you do introspection and comedy you do that on stage but there's this part where she's kind of like confessing that i i i think i remember seeing uh something like it floating around on the internet um or or like some screen grabs from it where she's talking about like i have to like part of it is like there's an exchange and i don't feel like i'm giving enough unless i give them something truly beautiful yeah which was a very interesting insight which you know which you know, I'm not going to walk back or take back anything that I said, that incredibly genuine performance, but like it gives you an insight into her mind about like this, this means fucking everything. Yeah. Like it's very clearly like she wanted so badly. And it like kind of makes sense when you like look at her like childhood and what you can see from like, because they also like, they also cut to a lot of home footage, like very clearly like, all, like, brought off of vhs tapes of like like we see jenny sleet as like probably as young as like three or four years old Mm -hmm. and like there's one clip where she's like talking about how like so she says like you keep getting the you keep recording these tapes and we just keep getting more and more and more of them and we never watch them so i can be as weird as i want on this tape and not worry about it and then like all this really does kind of like bring an insight into like she probably just really like she also talks about being bullied and like Mm -hmm. and shit like that in school so it very much feels like she probably just really wanted to make people laugh for a very long time and since she's dealt with stage fright she couldn't just get up on stage and do it so then she pursued acting and writing and and doing that stuff to try and bring some laughter to people and then Mm -hmm. like really fucking tried super hard on this like you can tell like how much effort she put in to this whole fucking how much day. effort she put in to make it look so breezy and open and like really just like she was kind of saying whatever came to mind and didn't look planned at all you know like there was even that uh joke in bo burnham a couple weeks ago about how he has this show planned to the gesture i right. wouldn't be surprised if jenny slate does about that much planning but whereas bo burnham like there that theatricality is intentional uh and part of the show I think her her planning like made it look so incredibly breezy and yeah. so incredibly it, genuine. It's one of those things where like it's it's kind of like how we were talking about with like Chris Fleming and also with Bo Burnham. You kind of I at least for me like I can't really tell if this is like a lot of improv or the tightest fucking set ever. Mm-hmm. 
Chris Fleming, I feel like all all of his fucking set was so fucking tight, except for like the one little bit of crowd work that he did. <laughs> Where like Bo Burnham is like it's, that is you the can, tightest comedy. You can bounce rocks off of that shit. Yeah. Where and then you have someone, I don't know, I can't think of a comedian who does almost entirely improv because it's honestly not really a thing. Like that's yeah. incredibly difficult. Unless you're in fucking improv group. And even then, you're not always doing funny shit. Yeah, most of the time, I'd go so far as to say, you're not doing funny stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, you look at an episode of Whose Line, that shit, they, they're... That's the only improv I have ever Well, here's enjoyed. the thing. They're, they're filming for, like, five, six hours a day yeah. to get one episode because they're cutting all the bullshit. Because, like, there's a lot of and stuff then that's there's just also not going to work. Well, there's also shit that they just can't put on television. Exactly. Like, I love up, the bloopers of that, of Who's On Is It Anyway, are so much better than the actual show. It's so good. Because you'll just see fucking, oh my God, what's his name? Ryan Stiles just fucking, just testing the producers. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's uh, head to favorite, least favorite bit. Can you see how very casually I tried to, to play that? Now you're looking at me and I'm feeling all insecure about it. I, it's just, it was a new bit, and it lasted one episode. Because you made me insecure. And, but you, but it's, fu- it, 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 ads. <laughs> Here's ads. And then I said, I can believe it's not butter. <laughs> My friend was telling me that he wanted to make a podcast, and he can't figure it out. Like, he's never heard of Anchor. Anchor is the best way to start a podcast. It's free to use and provides recording and editing tools you can use straight from your smartphone or computer. When you upload to Anchor, they distribute your podcast to many platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And, with no minimum listenership, you can make money on your own podcast. Make your own podcast with the free Anchor app or by going to anchor.fm today. Hi, I'm Milo. I'm an executive producer at Biopunk Media and the producer of Funny Stuff, the podcast you're currently listening to. Griffin and Holden are not just some of my closest friends. They're more like my brothers at this point. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that the art that they make gets seen. So, with that said, Apple and Spotify care a lot about ratings and reviews for new podcasts. It tells them that people are enjoying the show, and also it tells the app to recommend funny stuff to new listeners. Please, please, please take a quick moment to just like and review funny stuff. I can't overstate how much it helps our boys. Also, recommend funny stuff to your friends, your family, your mailman, your dog. There's a little bit of something in this show for everyone. Funny stuff is still very new, and word of mouth is the best advertising there is. Last but not least, Check out our new website. You can find it linked in the description of this episode or at biopunkmedia.card.co. Card is spelled with two R's. That's biopunkmedia.card.co for social media links, episode transcripts, and all things biopunk. And that covers it. Drink water today if you haven't. Remember that you are so loved, at least by me, and probably the boys too. And enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. Why do we dress baby boys in blue and baby girls in pink? Why? Because they can't dress themselves. Now we're back. <laughs> it was the delivery today. Just the. That, Honestly, that's, a, that's like some of my favorite things. It's very like um, it's very Stephen Wright. Yes. Of just. <laughs> I can make birds. I, I, can, I can make, make birds, birds levitate, levitate, but no, but no one, one cares. cares. 
or I can read minds, but I'm illiterate. <laughs> I, I honestly, I like Stephen Wright, and we will we'll cover him as well. Um, I okay, love, I love the name of his two albums. Sorry to get on a tangent, but he has his album from like '87 is called "I Have a Pony," and then his album from like 2006, like right before he died, it was called "I Still Have a Pony." <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, I love it. Uh, so what was your least favorite bit? I don't really know. Maybe. I mean, when she's talking about like what it would be like if her name was Susan, it was a little too goofy for me. But even then, like it still got some chuckles out of me. I get, I don't know. I feel like very consistently, I've been saying the past few episodes, like I don't have a least favorite bit. Yeah, you know, and I want, I want our favorite least favorite bits to come from like a genuine place. From like, yeah, I don't this want... is genuinely like this is something you could do better. This is a critique. I thought this bit was weak or kind of like that. Uh, as opposed to just being like we have to arbitrarily pick one. Yeah, I never wanted to like give away like oh I get, like if we watch something that was really bad, give it a best bit. Like I'm not like if if I think there's a bit in there that actually is the bet best, then I'll say it. But like like even if it's something we don't find funny, if it's a well structured bit and like a well told joke, that's one thing. Um, right. But yeah, I I guess I kind of don't really have a. Favorite, least favorite bit? You don't have a favorite bit. Or no, least favorite bit. I'm okay. sorry. I don't I don't really have one either. I might agree with you that I think the weakest one was where she was talking about how her name was Susan. And even then, that was only kind of funny because our mom, whose name is Susan, was yeah. also in the room. And then our mom had a real fucking humdinger of a one-liner <laughs> at the end when, like, because Jenny Slate gets all, like, kind of outlandish as she does and then our mom like while the audience is laughing and there's that like little bit of a lull before it like cuts back to the documentary part our mom just goes like it's not like that (laughs) it's like thanks mom i didn't i didn't know that you didn't fly out of rooms (laughs) when you were done with things so what was your favorite bit um honestly well what was your least favorite bit i said that i didn't really have one oh i wasn't paying attention yeah clearly fucking not (laughs) whoops um my favorite bit was definitely the one about her oh man because it's kind of an overarching thing my favorite section of it was when she was talking about the moon (laughs) her closer yeah her closer about like she she's like talking about how like she doesn't know what to do anymore like she tried getting into porn and like she just she was like she even says like i'm sure there's like cool feminist porn out there with like good lighting which that always makes me laugh is is that it's a fucking great joke but like oh man my brain just stopped i can tell dude you're starting to fade i know it's it's happening i'm 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 ready to fall i do have a blueberry red bull here but i'm not drinking that now i'm saving that for later on cuz i know i'm going to be tired at work <laughs> but she she was like struggling to find something to, i think she was like basically saying like she was struggling to find something to masturbate to that's exactly what she was saying yeah um listen i'm very tired <laughs> uh and she was like one night like in her parents house which she cannot stress that enough which is also very very good <laughs> um she was like i was like she like looked up at the moon and like i just know enough, i know many people who would like totally probably like do the exact same thing <laughs> of just like because then she goes on to say like she had the in her words yeah, she had, she had, what, hugest one one hand clip yeah, on the nipple uh, electrocuting her clit with the with the vibrator and then she had the hugest the, yeah, scariest she, orgasm she's ever had yeah which is just so fucking funny also honestly some of my favorite shit was when she would like scream <laughs> because uh. At that point, she, like, screams moon, which is very funny. 
but every time she screams in the show, you can see that the mic is like normally she holds the mic like pretty much to like her chin, like to her mouth, pretty close. And when she screams, she like holds it like down by her like crotch, and you can still hear like her scream. I need to see her in a fucking slasher flick because she's gotta well, be. She, she could said, be a scream queen for for real. She said that she was in a movie where she got eaten by an alien. Yeah, I don't know what fucking movie. I gotta look up what that movie is. Point is, she was eaten by an alien in a movie, and we're not sure which one. There, because apparently there are there are multiple movies of her and aliens that eat people. She she did the voice of Harley Quinn in Batman. It's just not that into you. I'm sorry. What the fuck? It's a video short in 2017 of Lego Batman, but she did the voice of Harley Quinn. That's fun. Anyway, let's fucking ask me about my favorite bit. Doesn't matter. All right. What was your favorite bit? Uh, I had two that I'm either that I'm stuck on. It was either the one where she just like talked about how horny she was as a kid. And like, still is incredibly horny, or the I one believe where she, she said the the horniness of a fifty seven year old divorcee, divorcee, which is very it's some real good lines in this one. Um, or the one where she was comparing like going to a Catholic mass versus being Jewish. <laughs> like that's interesting because just like being I I like the different Catholic quote unquote yeah heavy air um, quotes on that one. <laughs> And like how I even saw someone say something one time, like, why would you ever convert to Catholicism? Why would you look at this, at the, this Titanic while it's sinking and go, oh, cool ship. And she was talking about how, like, how, like, she actually kind of found Catholicism, like, interesting and cool. And I'm like, are we, are we talking about the same kind of Catholicism here? Are you sure? Are you sure about this, Jay? Are Are you positive? But it's also just funny to hear people talk about how horny they are. It's just always funny. Yeah. Unless it's... Uh, unless it's it, weird. Unless it's weird. But if you can make it funny, it's very funny. Yeah. So, Holden. What? Out of 10 people that we know who would make love to the moon, like Jenny Slate <laughs> did, what would you rate this special? Um, As a comedy special, I'd probably give it like a seven. Mm-hmm. As, like, a movie documentary, I straight up would give it, like, a nine. I think it's, like, as a movie is very good. But I, as, like, a stand-up special, it's it's good, but maybe not as good. I think overall I'm going to give it a seven and a half, maybe. A seven and three quarters, actually. Ooh, um, yeah, ooh, ooh la fucking la, right? 7.75 if you're nasty. <laughs> I haven't said one of those in a little while, so... <laughs> I can't do the fucking fucking with you when we go to ads bit, so I guess I can bring in the if you're nasty bit again. Um, because I I don't know if I'm gonna look at it separately, like uh like as a documentary and as a um and as a comedy special, because I think like they kind of feed into each other, and the whole documentary thing just kind of gives more context into who she is, uh, so it makes the stand up more interesting, um. But no, this was this was really good and thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable, and I, I wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone who thinks that like who has a weird sense of humor. Like I'd recommend this to a lot of our friends. Yeah, I watched it with uh, Stephanie forever ago, like last summer when Katie was away. I watched it with Stephanie. We watched a lot of comedy that night. Stephanie has a very similar vibe to Jenny Slate, a very similar sense of humor. <laughs> that was something that I I wanted I to bring her. up, but like. Stephanie, like Stephanie, very much. Yes, this is this is like very much her her steez. This style, this know, is a Steph. Welcome to Stephanie stuff, where we just appreciate. <laughs> we just appreciate the lovely woman that is our friend Stephanie. Oh, I can't wait for her to hear that she's gonna cry. Yeah. Oh yeah, Stephanie, I love you. 
I also love you, Stephanie. So that brings us to the end of talking about the special for the episode. Uh, but before we go, Griffin, what's the funniest thing you did, saw, experienced, whatever? We have, we still haven't <laughs> figured a way to make this not sound terrible. What's the funniest thing this week? Uh, funniest thing this week. I think that might just be how we do it. What's the funniest thing this week? What funny this week? What funny this week? <laughs> um, it's incredibly stupid. I don't know if anyone's gonna find it as funny as I did, but. There's this the this like uh TikTok channel called like How Ridiculous or something like that. And long story short, they were dropping a bunch of shit off the top of a I believe it was a hundred and fifty six meter wall <laughs> and onto the ground. Love and it. at some point they literally dropped a fucking anvil. <laughs> it was the f- I don't know why. It cracked me the fuck up. Because so they, they tossed the anvil off the thing. It falls. Did it say Acme on the side of it? <laughs> no, but it fucking... If, if it were me, I would have fucking put Acme on the side of it. You have to. Um, but it literally, like, it impacted into the ground, left a giant hole, and shot dirt, like, eight feet up in the fucking well, air. Well, yeah, anvils are, like, mad expensive because for... they're just solid metal, and, like, a little anvil is, like... Like anvils, I think range from like fifty to like almost like a thousand pounds. Like if you get a real fucking massive. And I I don't know why this just fucking made me laugh my fucking head off because it's like it's like literally like in a cartoon. It literally leaves a giant hole in the ground. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. It's not surprising too. Like you drop giant hunk of steel off a building, it's gonna <laughs> fuck some shit up. They were dropping it onto things. I don't remember what they drop ended up dropping it onto, but it was. It was just, it was glorious. There's these guys laugh a lot. in Australia, I think, or they're Australian guys who just happen to be somewhere else. Um, but they had this giant like tower that you can do. I like, think we're actually talking about the same people. Are we? They're how ridiculous or something like that. Oh, I think so. Like they're kind of like an offshoot of like Dude Perfect, but like, or like they're kind of poking fun at Dude Perfect, <laughs> who's all about like trick shots. If you don't know who they are. Um, it's very straight, dude. YouTube, I'm gonna be real. I'm not really. It's whatever. I don't care for trick shots that much. But yeah, they just have like a 250 foot like tower, and they can climb up and just drop shit off of it. I think they. I I saw one where they literally like dropped some insane like basically like a giant like a thousand pound like knife looking thing onto a car, and they were just like, yeah, we got this old clunker car. We're just gonna see what happens. It's like holy fuck, guys. What a fucking what a life. They dropped bowling balls. They did like the test of like pound of feathers versus a pound of steel. And they like dropped it off. They were like, this is what it's like, but from really high up. Yeah. They fall at the same. Cause the... So, anyway. Seen... It's a... It's a... so anyway. So uh, anyway, that brings and... us to the end of this episode. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. Uh, we hope you were able to laugh at us, if not laugh with us. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, great thoughts, personal epiphanies, requests, or recommendations, feel free to reach out to us at funnystuff.pod at gmail.com, or you can find us at Instagram at funny.stuff.pod. Holden, where can they find you? I want you to know that I really did want to just say, like, they can find me behind the Target, giving hand jobs for $5. Again, menace to society art. You can find me on Twitter at Donut Daddy. Donut underscore daddy on Twitter. And I guess you could also find me behind the target. Giving handjobs. For $5. Uh, we will be back next week with Eddie Izzard's Wunderbar, which is available on Prime. Yes. Which is available on Prime. And once again, thank you so, so, so much for listening. And we will see you next time on The Clown Show. Bye-bye.